Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2, which is sponsored by Mrs. Guadalupe Alvarado and her business, Sparkling and Clean. With many years of cleaning experience, Guadalupe can get the job done thoroughly and efficiently. Not only that, her pricing is very fair and competitive, and I know that because I did the research myself. Out of desperation and on a whim, I hired Guadalupe, and she totally delivered... I will add that I usually do my own cleaning and I am a tad bit anal, so I hope that kind of gives you a frame of reference. I will have her information available to you on social media, or you can voice dial her right now at 503-477-2339. And now for your episode. Welcome to this topical life, real conversation Real exploration, real life stories, a discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy. Hello, and welcome to this topical life. We have a very special guest because, you know, really all our guests are really special, but this one, I'm so Happy she is here today. Her name is Osti Eckley, and we do have an online presence with each other, but this is the first time we actually met in person. So it's just so exciting to be able to sit down and pick her brain and see where um, her story lies and where she's been, come from, gone. But um, really, you are hearing her story as I'm hearing her story. So um, sit down, relax, or fold some laundry, or mow the lawn. Um, listen to, let's just, uh, let's just start this conversation. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Asti. Hi. Yes. Hello. I'm so glad you're here. I know. It's so fun <laughs> sitting here with you. Uh, yeah. So, um, kind of a, a quick, uh, bit about my story. Mm-hmm. I came to the Lord about, uh, 14 years ago. Um, but before that I, um, had a pretty, pretty hard life. Um, I grew up in a home that um, was very loving. My parents worked really hard. Um, they gave us everything they possibly could. Um, but at a really young age, I experienced um, some pretty severe uh, sexual trauma as a young um, little girl. And then the problem with that was that that immediately kind of skewed my mind and my brain on what my body was made for. Um, I had really never had that conversation of like, of what it was made for and, and, and what healthy sexuality and all of those things looked like. So coming out of a trauma um, situation like that, that immediately opened my eyes as I grew up to, um, just pursuing that in my life. So that looked like, uh, drugs, alcohol, partying by the time I was 13. I think I remember I was at a, at a bar, I was 15 with a fake ID and like a 20 year old boyfriend, you know, just crazy, just doing whatever I wanted to do. Um, were your parents like, where's Osti? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I think, uh, again, they just did the best they could. Mm -hmm. Um, they did the best they could as far as like what they, how they were taught and brought up. And, um, I think that maybe they, they believed me when I would say I was going where I was going, but, um, I knew how to take advantage. I knew how to get what I wanted. Um, and yeah, I think that conversation's hard. Cause like you and I talked about earlier, I always want to honor and respect and love my parents. And so it can be difficult talking about that 
time with regard to their feelings, Absolutely. if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think all of us could agree that yeah. there's something about our parents that we yeah, could. <clears throat> totally. Yeah. And they've just grown so much and um, it's been really cool to see them um, the last even 10 years and like what uh, has happened in their life. So yeah, so then that led into obviously lots of relationships, um, lots of boyfriends. Um, eventually, uh, the drugs got even more severe. I at this point I was you know seventeen. I moved out. I was living in Bend. I was dating men. I was dating women. I didn't I didn't care as long as I could um, get high or drunk, and I would do what I needed to do to get what I needed to get. So. Um, really, really, um, had no sense of any sort of spirituality. Uh, growing up, my mom talked about, um, Jesus, you know, but it was kind of confusing cause we would, we knew that that was our faith. And I do believe to this day that that was the first seed that was planted in my life. Um, because I, if you would ask me, I would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, even though I was not living my life obviously that way, but, um, but yeah, so I was just doing whatever I wanted to do. Um, I was super depressed, obviously, so, a lot of anxiety. At the time, I would say it was more depression, though, because I would just drink and drink and drink and uh, probably four or five, six nights a week um, during the day, I would pop pills to be able to get through my work day. So um, then I moved to Portland. I got a really cool makeup job. Somehow I... How old were you at this I time? was 18. Okay. And somehow I was like a functioning addict I don't know how I did it I think back to because you were 18 oh my (laughs) gosh seriously right like now 36 with four kids I'm like oh at like eight o'clock at night I'm like babe are you ready for bed like I am so tired uh so yeah sometimes somehow I would do this like every night and then I would get to work in the morning I would pop a pill to kind of get me a little bit more which is weird because I know that pills you know obviously there's different ones for different things but for me I would take Vicodin and it would make me alert. It would actually make me like awake and really chatty. Um, so I was, I was function, I was a functioning addict. Basically I was doing hair and makeup. I was, um, you know, thought I had it all together. I was actually very full of myself at that time. Um, I remember thinking that like my life was just awesome. Uh, so it, this continued down a, a pretty, pretty rough, um, amount of, you know, amount of time. And then it got to the point where it started to turn for like the worst, where I didn't think things were awesome. I was dating people and, and getting just absolutely blackout drunk, screaming, fighting. Um, one night so bad, this boyfriend I was dating, he like left. And then I was so upset and so drunk that I, uh, attempted to take my own life. Mm-hmm. And my roommate found me, um, called 911. They took me, I ended up in a psychiatric, like inpatient hospital. Um, and then you would think the crazy thing is that I would go from that to, to like fixing my life. Right. Uh, and I didn't, I was back in the bar. I remember I had like bandages on my arms drinking like a week later. And, um, so basically that continued. I got another boyfriend and at that point I thought this is it. We're going to move in together. Life's going to be great. Of course that was not the case. You know, there was still drugs, alcohol, physical abuse, emotional abuse, all of that. And um a little bit time after that, I had reconnected with a long-lost sister, Selena, which a lot of I think a lot of your listeners might actually know Selena. And um Wait, is she was she the singer at 
No, but uh, she okay. was really involved at um, Willamette. Her and her husband, okay. Nate, just wonderful, amazing <clears> couple. <throat> she actually invited me to live. Actually, I might have just imposed myself. <laughs> I might have just said, can I move in? And she was yeah. probably like, you're crazy, but yes. And so I ended up, by the grace of God, moved in with her and her husband, Nate. And the cool thing was um, when people talk about like getting saved or becoming a Christian or getting faith or spirituality or whatever um, – I think there's this negative, you know, and, and partly our fault as humans of ruining, you know, um, ruining what God and who God really is, but that it's, you hear the truth and then you come to Christ. But for me, I came to my faith through a couple, through a marriage. And, and what I love about that is I really believe as we share our faith, it should not be so much of what comes out of our mouth, but who we are, right? And right. and how we live and how we act. Like our life should be a reflection of Christ and that should be what points people to him. And so that's exactly what I experienced. So I literally moved in. I woke up. I remember the first like Saturday morning, um, my brother-in-law was like cooking breakfast for his wife and he was like singing and he was so cute. I was like, he's such a like cool guy, you know? And But I remember also being like, almost wondering what's wrong. Like I'd never seen such a healthy, calm, gentle, like he really truly served his wife, you know, like yeah. he, he led her in this beautiful way of serving her truly the way that Jesus did, right. His disciples. And so, so yeah, I was like, I remember I was like, I want that. Like, what is that? What, is, what do they have? Like, what is this that they mm-hmm. have that is so contagious? And and also I wanted a husband like Nate. <laughs> so, so they invited me to church. And I remember the joke forever was, if I can get a husband like Nate, I will go to church. And really? so um, so I did. I went to Athey Creek out here in, in uh, Westland, you know, area. Uh, yeah, Stafford area. And, and I remember the first morning he talked about this faith that this, not this faith, this God that, um, forgives and there's, you know, new life. And I wanted it. I was done. Like I was so done and broken. And, and, um, when I shared my story with our church, I just described it like I had these like broken pieces in my hand and I, not much right left. And I gave that to the Lord and he took that and he, um, completely changed my life that morning. And I didn't walk out perfect. Right. I didn't walk out, you know, completely like restored. There was so much and has been so much work he's done in the last like 14 years, but I did walk out lighter and I, I walked out feeling like that burden I walked in with was gone and I had hope, right? Like I'd never had hope before. And so, yeah, so that was, then I ended up, I did find my husband, which ended up being <laughs> My sister and her husband's best friend. No. So I way. got the husband. Yep. Yep. I totally now is his did. name Nate? His <laughs> no. I know. Would that be so weird? I know. My my brother in law. I know. I always um, laugh because I'm like Nate. You're you're you brought me to the Lord. Right. Um, but no, his name's Justin. Okay. And he's a babe. He's yeah. such a babe. I like am passionately in love with my husband after like twelve. What have we been married? Like we've been married eleven, but we've been together. 13 years so you met at Ethy is that no I met so he was like sleeping on the couch at my sister's house because he was like the friend from college and he would come up and sleep on the couch and 
And actually, this is a trip. I knew him for like a year before I kind of changed my life. And I would invite him to like parties. And I'd be like, Justin, like you should go out. I got VIP. You don't wait in line. You get free drinks. And he was like this sweet conservative. (laughs) So he'd be like, ah. I know he's very sweet. Didn't judge me. He was just like, yeah, no, uh, no, thank you. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, you don't even know the hookup I have, right? Right. So full of myself. Um, And then actually, it was funny because we all went down um, swimming like shortly after I had like kind of had my spiritual awakening, we went down swimming and I remember I look over and he's like, taking his shirt off. And I was like, Lord have mercy. Oh my gosh. No, seriously. I was like, uh, who, why didn't somebody tell me about those muscles? Like what is happening? So I, I was like, that was it. My sister even saw the Schmeagle look on my face and was like, no, (laughs) you better just simmer down. And I was like, that's my husband right there. I know it. And it was so, um, so, cool. so we, they would tease me that I would be like, who is this guy? And they were like, you've known him for like a year, actually. I'm like, well, I didn't see the muscles. Oh <laughs> muscles talk. Oh, I they get, do. They talk to Austi. <laughs> yes, they, they definitely do. talk to Austi. <laughs> and he's still got him. I'm like, I'm like, dude, That's like, so funny. how do you, you don't even hardly work out. Like I, ugh kills me yeah. i'm the one having all the babies and right there's well, no muscle happening here right well different body t- yeah there's a whole nother podcast yeah. for that kind of stuff oh, for yes. sure yes well <clears throat> so after so you get to the church and then your life changes and then what's interesting is is that with all the the abuse that mm. you had gone through and then all the choices that were made it's interesting that you came to that place where you didn't have everything worked out but you knew something had to change yeah. like that's such a humble place to be mm-hmm. and it sounds like from your story that something went down like humbly for yourself like yeah. what was that again because you said you were really full of yourself yeah. and then what broke you basically yeah I think for me I mean it, that's the beautiful thing about having a relationship mm-hmm. you know with God I just think that the more I pursued him, the more that I, I hate to use the word obey. I think that can feel really like religious and religious for Mm -hmm. some people, but I truly think about it like with my daughters, like when I want my daughters to obey what I, what I'm asking of them, it's not because I'm some condemning mom. It's because I love them. It's because I know I, I'm two steps ahead of them. Right. I actually see that when my baby is going to put her hand on the stove at our apartment, because we're temporarily in an apartment that has the old ring, you know, light, it's going to burn her hand. So it's not that I'm like trying to stop her from having fun. It's that I know the outcome. And so I've always loved that because I don't like to obey. I don't like to do what people tell me to do. I am a wild woman that wants to do what I want to do. So I've always thought about uh, my faith with God the way that I kind of view and love my girls. Like I love them. I want them to be joyful. I want them to not struggle with the things I struggled with, you know? And so, so yeah, that helps me love God in a different way. I don't view him as this God that is mean and just wants to take my fun. And if I am a good girl, I'll get rewarded. I, I look at it that like he really does know my best. And so as I began to pursue him and what he um, intended and wanted for my life, like really beautiful things began to happen. And and I did learn that the hard way. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. I'm sober now. Mm-hmm. And, 
Um, You've been sober for now? Six years okay. in June. I had it wrong a couple years ago. I was a year behind. My my husband was like, no, remember Sun River? It was six years. So I, I just realized it is actually six years in June. And, and what's interesting about that is, so I said I came to my faith, you know, it would have been 13, 14 years ago. And I got sober right away when that happened. And then as I started to kind of live in this new life, um, I remember I just thought, I, well, I can drink, you know, because really drinking, you know, drinking is not a sin. We can right. drink. My husband can drink. He could take it or leave it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus drank wine. Like there's wine in the Bible talked about, you know, it's drinking itself is not a sin, um, until like anything in your life, it becomes a sin. Right. And so for me or a hindrance and, or a hindrance. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Again, that, that yeah. word can even feel religious and intense and I don't mean for it too, but a hindrance or honestly just stealing from your, your life. Yeah. And so for me, that's what I was doing. I was, I was rolling up serving, you know, big smile on my face at church on Sunday and, and drinking a full bottle of wine, you know, at night. And, you know, I would, I was one of those people, I would joke like, oh, the mom juice or whatever. And I would, you know, couldn't wait to put my oldest daughter down so that I could drink. And what I was doing is I was just, I was ignoring the obvious that there was a problem. Um, and for me, I also had a history of it, right? I was a full blown addict that, that did not have control of it. So, um, even more for me, I should have kind of noticed those red flags. And as I did begin to notice them and I began to feel, for those, you know, who are listening, who are maybe questioning faith or maybe don't have a faith or, um, the way I've always felt God in my life is just this very gentle stirring, a gentle nudging. Like I just, it's almost like I know something is being asked and I can't shake it. Right. Like, it's like, I wake up the next day, it's still there. And I'm like, like, Oh, or you can even think about like sometimes like a mom intuition, right? Like I just, I can feel when God is speaking to me. Um, and it's not in a harsh, you know, intense way. It's very gentle, very soft. Um, Cause he is a gentleman. He is right. And that's, we think about mm-hmm. if we were, if we didn't have our own struggles, that's how we would hope to be as moms. Right. Like I would mm-hmm. always want to have a gentle tone with my, my daughter, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, 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 that's not always the case. I'm of like, course. get in the car. Oh yeah. Um, so, so I began to feel his nudging of like, let's just be done. Like, let's be done completely. And I was like, yeah, right, dude. I'm not going to be done. I love to drink. It's social for me, right? I think a big fear of people with drinking is when they go out, it's fun. What am I going to do? Order a Sprite? Like, right. that's lame, right? So for me, it was, I was, I didn't want to be told what to do. Um, even though it's funny, I knew in my heart it was the right thing. I knew I was supposed to. So I, I negotiated, because I'm really good at that, for like two years. Right. And it just kind of got to a point like where... When you say negotiate, do you mean like... Oh, I'd be like, oh, I won't drink this weekend. Okay. So it's more like not um, justifying. It's more like... Yeah, I knew I'm I gonna... had a problem. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I began to know the problem was there. And so I would I would be like, okay, God, I feel like you're asking me to do this, but I will start like... I'll just have one. Or I would take a week off. I would take a weekend off. And... Well, that I can totally see why it would be like that because... This is what's so hard about being human. Mm -hmm. This is like such a trifecta in my brain. I don't even know what that word is. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that. I can tell you what that is. (laughs) Okay. That's for, I don't even know. Okay. It just came out of, oh, it is trifecta? No. Well, I mean, in the, in the user world, that is, yeah. Okay. I don't even know. All kinds of stuff. Okay. So it was good. You used it right. Okay. Mm -hmm. What? Okay. Uh Yeah. So 
um, that you have all this control, mm-hmm. like you have this daily control yeah. and yet you have this, like this fault, like a fault, like you're following God's will for yeah. you and yet you have control. Yeah. So it is this like balance of like, well, not even a balance. It's like a complete surrender. Yeah, it is. And then walking in that. Yeah. So how much control do you have in a decision? Yeah. How much control yeah. do you have? Like, God, where are you showing me? It is confusing. And it's, it's also hard because we, if you look around the world right now, like we don't want a God in our life. We want to be our own God. Right. And I think right. even Christians struggle with that. We don't want to fully surrender. And I think part of that is we view God as bad. And mm-hmm. especially people who are not, have not experienced the grace of God or are in that place of, of receiving that we look at like, well, I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to have a God tell me I can't do what I want to do or be who I want to be. Um, but I think when you've come out of what I've come out of and you've experienced that God isn't that way again, like that loving parent that truly knows what's best. Um, there really is victory in that surrender. There just, there is, mm-hmm. um, I, I've experienced it firsthand because with that sobriety, I was stuck. It's like, I was stuck in the mud. I was like, I feel like God has these, these things for me in my future. I see these giftings he's put in me. I, I began at that point to have mentors and leaders at Willamette speaking life over me. Right. And saying, I see these things in you, but, but I had a hindrance of, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And, and I don't, believe that that God wasn't going to give that to me until I obeyed it's not it's not you can't think of it that way you have to think about it like in life we have to be trusted to be given something that's really valuable right so I think about for instance after I got sober so I ended up getting sober after those two years of kind of arguing and "Ah, I don't want to I did end up getting sober I made the decision to do that and for the record, the reason it, it actually worked was instead of thinking about it forever, which I think this is really huge for somebody listening that's like, man, I kind of feel that, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to suffocating, suffocating. I stopped thinking about it as forever. I started seeing a counselor that was amazing and she helped me get through. I got through one week of a trip with my husband's family. Then we were going to New York and I got through New York and then it was like, wow, I have three weeks sober. This is kind of awesome. And then it was like a year. And then now I can sit here and say, I probably will never drink again because going back to what God had prepared and the trust thing, the, one of the first things I stepped into was leading high school girls up here at Willamette at the high school ministry. And God loved me too much. And he loves those young girls too much to have allowed me to step into something of responsibility over these precious young girls. If I was still consciously making the decision to, to, um, pursue what I was pursuing, right. To be struggling very severely with what I was struggling with. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. So it made it easier for you down the road to be like, I don't need that anymore because you had been given something that was like better than that. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing I have experienced through my sobriety is like what, because people ask me all the time, well, do you miss drinking? Like, do you think you ever will again? You know, and and what God has given me in service to others is so 
far beyond anything I ever received from a drink, right? I almost, it's like the spiritual high of like leading and serving other people and walking alongside, walking alongside women. I, I, I volunteer a lot at Shepherd's Door. It's a women's recovery house and walking alongside these women. I was just there yesterday sitting, just bawling because these women are up there in this incredible recovery program, changing their life, right? I never could have done any of that if I was still, um, you know, intentionally doing what God was calling me to stop doing. Yeah. And and on that note, like as humans, we're going to mess up all the time, right? We just, we just do, it's just our, our nature. We're gonna, um, there's going to be things in our life that we struggle with. Like for instance, for me with yelling, like with my kids, right? I daily pray and ask for forgiveness for that, right? I daily struggle with yelling. That is a struggle that I don't want, right? That I, that, but I keep doing, but I'm trying not to do. Then I believe there are things in our life that we know we're not supposed to do that we can cut out, that we can stop, that we intentionally continue doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I hate to use the word sin because I know that mm -hmm. people that are listening that are Mm -hmm. not there, I I don't want that to scare somebody. So call it whatever you want to call it, but there are stuff that it's either like, where's the, the state of our heart? So there's, there are things that we're wanting to, to not do and that we're trying. And then there are things we know we can stop, but we, we just keep doing it because we want to. So ultimately, absolutely. Okay. I mean, ultimately what you came down to the conclusion of, you knew you shouldn't be doing it. What yeah. was the thing that kind of broke the camel's back where you were just like, I'm done. Like, what was that again? Did yeah. I miss that? No, I didn't say it. Cause that, I always get a little nervous with that because <clears throat> I want to, I don't want to, I want to explain that. Right. I, we had got, we had had an anniversary weekend, my husband and I, and we had like this hotel downtown. I had brought all this booze, even to the point where my husband was like, really? It's like just you and I for like two nights. Like, whoa. I was like, what's our anniversary? No kids. We're going to party, you know? Yeah. And, um, and he ended up getting like food poisoning. We had went to like sushi, which that poor guy, he gets, he's gotten sick from sushi two times. So I'm never going to get him to eat it now ever probably. And I can only describe that weekend as like, I know that God didn't leave me because that's not the God that I believe I serve. Like I know he was there, but I just felt sad that weekend. I felt almost like, like he kind of was like, okay, like if this is, if this is what you're going to serve and what you're going to do, then I can't force you because like you said, he's a gentleman, right? He's not going to force me to stop doing it. He's going to ask me, he's going to lead me, he's going to gently nudge me. But at the end of the day, the beautiful thing about our faith is that we get to choose it, right? Yeah. And so likewise, we have free will. So I just kind of felt like that weekend he was, I don't know, like I just felt um, like my joy, like like I knew, like, okay, th- is this what you want? Like if this is what you want, this is the this is the feeling you're going to have. And, um, and I just knew. I knew that weekend I was done, and that was May. And I began to see Sue, uh, my therapist, counselor, uh, beginning of June, and that was – when I made the decision and, and also she kind of picked up on it really quick. And I remember that was a little eerie too, because I had heard Sue was really amazing. Wait, is this Sue Reynolds? Of- yeah. The okay. Reynolds I've got to meet. Sorry, Sue. Sue you need to have Sue on your podcast. Well, Come helps, on. I think Sue helped my friend Luann. Sue has helped everyone. She's amazing. Is she at Willamette? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Cliff, Sue- her husband is also amazing. He's like on the, yeah, he's one of the pastors there. Yes. 
Well, so she's behind she the scenes knew. here. She okay. is behind the scenes. You need her on this podcast. Okay. You'd have every listener in, in Westland at least. <laughs> um, she knew, and that was eerie. She, like the second time we met, she was like, well, do you feel like God's just maybe calling you to quit? And I was like, girl, you better back it up. Right. Yeah. She no knew. Wants to hear, you right, know. Yeah. And I believe, she, I believe that Sue has discernment. Very, very, very beautiful discernment. And yeah. And so, and then she got to walk alongside me and she was, she was so gentle with it too. And so, you know, like, you know, that was the first step for me. And I know we've talked a lot this morning about like life change and, and sometimes life change just looks like that taking the first step. And had I not taken that step to see Sue, I don't know where I would be today. Taking so, that one step. Yeah. That one step. Yeah. What a, like, it's just interesting because what drove you to keep making, just doing what you want, doing what you want. I mean, I, it's kind of like, wow, like you just wanted to go down that, but there wasn't a lot of like shame involved. No. Or was there? I mean, which is shame is such a funny thing. Shame is a brutal. I tend to feel shame after. So I'm somebody who I look back now to that and I feel, and I, you know, I give that to God. I know that shame can be a, a really debilitating thing, but I almost struggle after the fact. When I'm in it, I'm like justifying it. I'm like, I'm in control. I'm my own boss. Like, well, shame, it's interesting because shame wasn't driving you to do that. No. Which is what's interesting because I feel like a lot of people that struggle with alcohol and addiction and all that stuff usually tends to go with shame, especially with. I would say yes, though, before my faith. Okay. Before your faith. I believe that that Jesus has helped me with shame a lot in my life, especially with the sexual brokenness and the sexual sin Okay, for sure. The, the drinking after I was a Christian was like more like, I just wanted to be normal. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to be like, like all my other friends that don't struggle, but the truth was I did. And in your life, if there are things you struggle with that, you know, you do, you know, the Bible talks about it. There's really strong language in the Bible about it. Like you cut it off, right? I knew that he was asking me to cut it off, but I didn't want to. But that, but, but in hindsight, um, I did, I ended up doing it. So I think shame can maybe come in where like, oh, I didn't listen for two years and I, you know, whatever, but I have to trust that God's going to cover all that. And, and he, he does. Did. And he does. And he did. And and the timing of what he had, you know, prepared in advance for me to do, um, it worked out. It still worked out. So, but I do believe we do have a part to play. Yeah. So we can't just say, oh, God's going to work it out or it'll all work out or that's just who I am. Like, that's just a kind of a cop out. Like at the end of the day, like we have free will. We are our own people. And um, as hard as some of those decisions are, we can either stay stuck in the mud is how it's the only way I can describe how I felt like leading up to that weekend or we can say no I'm gonna I'm gonna take the steps that I can take and try my hardest um to get out of the the position I'm in with God's support of course so well I think that's freaking amazing with my faith I can't start this part out without saying that I know you're going to have listeners who are believers, who are not believers, who maybe are atheists, maybe are another religion. You know, um, I truly believe because of my own story that life change um, is possible through Jesus. I, I believe that 
Um, for me, I can't speak to anything else because for me, before the Lord, I tried everything and we're talking everything, everything. even other religions, you know, dabbling in with friends in Portland. And, um, so for me, I really, truly can't start this conversation, this part without saying that I truly believe that life change happens through Jesus mm-hmm. because that is what I experienced. Um, however, with that, I have seen a lot of Christians and I was probably one of them who are, that would say, well, yeah, I am a Christian or I am, you know, whatever, but are not experiencing life change. And I think that the way that that happens is kind of what we've been talking about. So yeah, being, being present in, in your life, but also, um, leaning into the the spirit and leaning into what he's asking you to do and do it. Um, having the courage to take that first step, like right? focusing on today. What's that yeah. one step yeah. you have What's to do? What's that step that he's That's calling you to do? Yes. Yes. Um, but I think that can be really hard. Like mm-hmm. I knew he was calling me to quit and I did not want to. And so that took me a while. Um, I believe a big, big piece to life change is serving. Serving is the most amazing so right after Charlotte was born, my, my youngest, and I had already been sober about three years at this point, I was struggling really severely with uh, postpartum, but then it's like it didn't go away. Mm. Um, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but it was then I was struggling with anxiety, fear, crazy fear, like irrational fear. Like we would be driving and I'm like, that car's going to hit me, you know, like just um, really, really scary fear. And so, so. I had, um, been working with my, my female doctor, right. We had put me on like an anti-anxiety medication that was, that was made very temporary. She said, let's just actually treat this, like getting your hormones back, you know, to normal, all of that. Um, and we did, and that was actually really great. And so that's why I do believe that, um, that God heals and that God has the power to do anything. But I also believe he created, humans and we are very smart and doctors are very smart. And I think that, um, something in the Christian world that, that I think has been skewed, been skewed is that, um, it's that we can't go to our doctors for those things. And so I very much, um, believe that we can. And so that helped me, but about that time of kind of getting off of that and, 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 um, that transition, I had somebody, message me and say, Hey, I think you're ready to, to serve at the high school. Um, like with the, with the girls, I barely even knew this person. And I was like, girl, I got like a newborn. Like, what are you not? She wasn't a newborn at that point, but she was little. She was under a year. Right. I was this like, is what? your first, right? Yeah, no, my fourth. Oh, so this, this was, was just, fourth. yeah, this was recent, more recent. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't go serve. Like, and she was like, no, I think it's time. And I remember I was like, I just knew again, that gentle nudging. I knew with everything in me, it was right. So my husband and I, we kind of teamed up on this. He was home on Wednesdays so that I could take off and go up to the women, up to the the high school uh, Wednesday nights. And I have to tell you, like, I used to, I couldn't even talk about it for year, like two years without crying because that was so God in my life. I had never served before. I had never been on like a, you know, like we have greeters at church and we have the parking people to help with parking. And I had never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always, always overworked and made money. Right. So I'd never served, meaning like did something with my time and did not get paid for it. So as I began to lead these beautiful, incredible high school girls who I'm still very close with a couple of them, it, 
I realized quickly that I was actually not there for them, but they were there for me. And the healing that came from serving those girls and, and what God did through that was undeniable. It was unbelievable. And so I actually, and, and I met with one of my, um, I had my like woman yearly checkup and was talking to my doctor and he was hilarious. He actually said, I agree. He goes, do you know how often I want to sit with, with women when they, when they tell me these things they're struggling with? And I just want to say, go to your church or even if you don't go to church, go to, there's so many places to serve, right? Mm -hmm. Go and sign up to serve the healing that comes from serving. And I was like, yes. So, you know, and I think that (gasps) there's studies now that we're wired that way. My like gosh, Christian yes. or not, it's we're yeah, it's actually, a human. Yes, it's a human. Yeah, you can science yeah. can back it. Yes. Up. So I serve. Um, I don't want to sound all righteous. I'm not like this. I serve all the time. No, no, I got no. Kids. Right. Life is messy. Life is <clears throat> ugly, nasty sometimes. Yeah. But um, but our family and our home, um, we are creating a culture of serving because, honestly, I just can't deny it. You know, I tried everything. I've tried everything to heal some of those really broken parts of my heart and my life and my past and and cer- nothing has satisfied s- yeah satisfied like Jesus but then nothing has worked as far as the practical like serving it's just it's amazing and and you all of a sudden you take your eyes off yourself and you put them out on other people um and you there's something that happens inside of you that you want to help mm-hmm. you want to you want to do good you want to um yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Would you say that like when you were um, in process of, you know, figuring out alcohol, yay, alcohol, nay, mm-hmm. that whole like, were you, did you isolate yourself more? Were you isolated? Like serving to me brings you yeah. out of isolation. Totally. Yeah. Like you're out of your Back head then, more? No, I was, um, I think because I didn't real. I, I think with the drinking thing, I was, I was more in denial that, that second round. Um, so I more just, I hit it. My okay. the alcohol for me was, I was going to this rad church in Westland. I loved people. Uh, I, my addiction was hidden. I didn't want people to see it or, and part of me didn't realize it was an issue, right? It was the joking of it. And, and actually now I, like I, what percentage, okay. I mean, cause that's a uh-huh. really, let's just touch on that for a second. Yeah. What percentage would you say yourself knew that it was a problem versus, what is that? Like, okay. Denial what? of it? Being yeah, denial. Yeah. 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 So, so the, be- okay. the beginning, I didn't think it was, den- I, I think I maybe controlled it for a couple months okay. of re-drinking again. Um, and then I think for the most, most of it, I knew. I think I knew, but I didn't want to quit. And I didn't want anyone to know I was doing it because. So you knew when you were drinking that it, yeah. it, it was a problem. Yeah. Versus you can look back and say, yeah, I knew. Like you yeah. knew. I think when I you did were. know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And I think that. I think it's important to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. And it it's... wasn't glamorous. I wasn't going to be like rolling up into this, my church community. Because if I'm being honest, I, I say church community because that's who we were in. We were surrounded by, right? And right. who we wanted to be surrounded by. Yeah. But I wasn't going to tell anyone. I wasn't going to. because, And that's the other thing that you have to prepare yourself with any addiction or any. And addiction is not just alcohol. We're talking there are addictions are you can be your addiction could be shopping your addiction could be getting botox and not telling your husband you know what i'm saying like yeah there are so many different addictions um out there but for me if i admitted it to somebody like in our small group the second you admit it you have two options you either just keep doing it because you're like whatever or you've admitted it and now 
you you're gonna get be help accountable. and you're gonna be accountable thank you so um and that the sad thing is I think that that is probably where I was hiding and where I was what you asked like were you um you know I can't remember isolating isolating I would say in that regard I was not about to admit that to anyone because I didn't want anyone to tell me their opinion I didn't want anyone to hold me accountable for it um, but when really accountability is so beautiful because they're going to do it with you, you know, and help you get through it. Well, and if you're around the right people, yeah. it's more just like you're becoming more free. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately it's freedom. Yeah. It's not, it is freedom. I love that you say that, you know, cause we think our freedom is, is the opposite and man, that life change, it just feels so good. And, and, and here's the thing. It's not perfect. Like I screw up every day and I don't want anyone listening to think, I got it all figured out. I do not have it figured out. I am a hot mess most of the time. Um, But I can honestly say that through allowing God to lead my life, I am not missing out. He is not some overbearing God that, you know, I can't live. It is the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Like through making those changes and listening and community and being honest and vulnerable, that's a big one. That's really hard for people. I know it's hard for me, you know, at times. Um, but through that, I really, truly have experienced life change. Um, and I think, like we said, the biggest point is, as a listener, you can be a li- you can be a Christian, but you can still not be experiencing life change. I think actually a huge majority probably would say that that's a struggle because you mm-hmm. kind of feel like, oh, I've, oh, I'm here now. I've got God, but but we do have a part. It's a relationship, right? It's a oh, relationship. Yeah. It's like a you relationship. think about your husband or if you're not married, you think about your best friend or your kid, if you're a single mom or your, your parents, right? It is a relationship. Like God wants us to be involved. He wants us to have an opinion. He wants us to fight with him. Honestly, mm-hmm. I fight with him like on the regular. Yeah. But that's a relationship, right? It is. That's why there's the free will aspect. I mean, mm. if there was no free will, would it really be love? You know, I mean, absolutely. That's, I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. There is somebody asked me that like, well, why would there be a snake in the garden? Why, why is that that beginning part? And I, and I sat and thought a long time. I'm like, because if he wanted us, if he, if he didn't give us that option to choose him, we would just be robots. If he just would have like, you're, you're going to yeah. love me, Eve. You're going to love me, Adam. No, option would we really want that right that's why there's those those moments where it's just like no go ahead do that you know but yet you're what I find so interesting about your story is that you deep down you wanted what that weekend that weekend you were fighting so hard Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you just like a let go of it yeah and then you were all you were wanting was that yeah him yeah, I hate explaining that, yeah, that story. It's always hard to explain it because I don't want somebody who's not a believer that's question that's maybe in you know like curious about God to think, oh, he just he's just gonna leave me when I don't. He didn't leave me, but there is scripture that talks about like he will give us over like to our to our choices. Like he's not gonna force us. So just yeah, that weekend just kind of felt like he was like, I don't know. Like I it's, knew he was there, but I had a choice to make. It's good that you felt how you were feeling about knowing that you needed to stop and kind of going from there. And it sounds like you had kind of the perfect good storm of just like you were already kind of involved and you had a safe environment, Mm -hmm. even though you were 
mentally not in the place where you wanted to be. I think it's really cool that you were in a place where you were surrounded by people that maybe you weren't quite opening up 100%, which is totally fine, you know, for some, but then kind of got into where you just reached a point. Yeah. And that is often what it is too. I mean, that's, you know, who you're hanging out with and are you going to be, um, an open book to everyone you meet? No. Right. But you being in a safe environment Mm -hmm. to the place where you were just like, okay, I'm done, you know? And you brought up a good point actually with that real quick. I, Mm -hmm. as I began to share about the truth of what had been going on Mm -hmm. and then obviously the more time I had gotten sober and began to step into ministry and speaking, speaking to women, speaking to the high schoolers, uh, What's really beautiful is I couldn't believe how many women messaged me if I was writing about it on social media or speaking, came up to me after a speaking engagement or or a talk or anything like that. I couldn't believe how many people, even just right here in the Westland, um, like Oswego area, came up to me, you know, and said, man, I needed to hear that or I've been struggling and um, it's something I've ignored and not wanted to admit, but I know that God's calling me to stop. And that was huge because I remember thinking like, how is my story going to be relevant in this neighborhood? How is my hard story? um, How's God going to use that? And he proved me so wrong in my thinking. Mm -hmm. And there was so many women that would come up. And honestly, a lot of times I just heard, thank you for sharing that. So, you know, for those that are listening and thinking like, well, that's not going to be very fun. And, and I don't know if I want to do that. Like you have no idea what two years from now looks like. You have no idea what your story um, and how your story is going to impact somebody else and how God's going to use your story in the life of somebody else. So, um, yeah, that's been really, really uh, encouraging for me. Yeah. And the decision to stop just the amount of blessing, just hmm. freedom you've experienced. Freedom to, is the word. You know, yeah. freedom is... You people know, don't know the, people think they understand what freedom means, but they don't. No, yeah. no. I mean, it's such a backwards, it's freedom in this world perspective is so backwards into what Absolutely. really, what it really is. Mm-hmm. And it's just something to think about. I mean, take this as a nudge, take this as if there's something in you that's like, oh, it's something maybe just annoying about this message or annoying about just like, I don't know what they're talking about, but I kind of. You know, it's just bothering me that I just feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest takeaways, I think, um, to get you started from just even listening to something like this and a story that we've heard from Osti, um, is that you step out of yourself. St- just today, go and sign up for something where you can serve. Yeah. Just get out of your head you know, um, clear the slate. Do you have to determine whether you're an alcoholic? Do you have to do determine right now if you're a drug addict? No, just take a step, serve, take a step, focus on what it is today and not what it is going to be forever. Because even when you said like the decision for you to stop alcohol, the decision for you to get sober, I mean, you had several different steps of getting to the place where you were like, I'm done. Yeah. That to me is so freeing in a way of just like knowing that it doesn't have to be all decided today. Just make a step, Mm -hmm. make a step. Mm -hmm. You know, the step is there. I think you just have to really think about what that is. You know, I I think, um, right. For anyone listening to like, you can just pray. Mm -hmm. I tell this to a lot of people I talk to that are not Christians they think that they have to make this big decision for God to hear them. And that's actually a lie. I think that that's a lie that the enemy has sown so deep that, you know what? Like, just pray. 
He is listening and he's going to show you who he is. Mm -hmm. So wherever you're at right now, like your heavenly father loves you and nobody even has to know you can pray. And actually I think he prefers that, that you can pray in the quiet of your room and just ask him to help you ask him to reveal in your life what it is that he wants to bring out and change and ask him to show you who he is because I promise you right now he will. Yes, he will. He will. He will. And he has. So amen to that. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo! Austi, uh, thank you so much for um, coming to my house and talking to Yay. all of us. And I've been really looking forward to this. This has been on the books for a while. And um, I'm just so enthused to get to know you and just, you know, look her up. Austi Eckley, um, you know, just, yeah, reach out, whatever. God bless. You've been listening to This Topical Life with Tiffany Murphy. Available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook. Donations to help support This Topical Life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R. EON.com front slash this topical life. Likes and comments are always appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time for more real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. Because life ain't a vacation.